the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, the man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are wrapping up our reviews of the player cards in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. This time around, we are going to take a look at the triple class assets. There are five of them. Prophetic, Sleuth, Bruiser, Crafty, and Antiquary. There are spoilers, so if you care about that sort of thing, if you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Just a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on The Whisperer in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing, respectively. Cards that you build around or are good in one particular investigator get a Blessed Token, while cards that we believe are destined to end up on the optional list of taboos or that are just bad for the game get a curse token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these player card reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the fantastic art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that graces the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. We are back with our review of the player cards in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. If you've made it this far, man... Yeah, that is dedication. This is the last batch of player cards in the set. These are the triple class asset uh, talents that uh, were released in this set. We are going to start things off with Prophetic, three cost asset that costs three experience points. It is a Guardian, Mystic, and Survivor card. Talent, two willpower skill icons. Uses two resources. Replenish these resources at the start of each round. This is uh, common on all of the cards. Resources on Prophetic may be spent to pay for Fortune, Spell, or Spirit cards as a free-triggered ability. During a skill test on a Fortune, Spell, or Spirit card, you may spend a resource from Prophetic. You get plus one skill value for this test, so you are getting a total of two. So I sat down and uh, dug into the card pool. For Prophetic, it, it has the three traits, Fortune, Spell, and Spirit. So for Fortune, most of this Fortune cards are either Rogue or Survivor. So uh, Survivor is on this card. Rogue is not, though, and there are quite a few Rogue uh, Fortune cards. There are no Fortune cards that require skill tests. So if you are playing Fortune cards and this card, you are using it just to get discounts. And uh, notable cards in this batch include cards like Look What I Found, You Catastrophe, Hot Streak, Keep Faith, Lucky, and Sure Gamble. So there's quite a few uh, fortune cards that see uh, a lot of play. Spells, of course, uh, are primarily mystic, but there are spells in every class at this point. Many of them do require skill tests, so if you're playing prophetic, you can get a bonus. You can play them on the cheap as well as use those resources for skill tests. I'd go through the list of spells, but there are too many to mention at, uh, at this point. Spirit is primarily in Guardian, Mystic, and Survivor, so the three classes that uh, are on this card. Some of them do require skill tests. I'm thinking of cards like uh, A Test of Will and uh, Clean Them Out, Sweeping Kick, stuff like that. And uh, notable cards include A Test of Will, Gang Up, is the synergy card in the guardian card pool 
Uh, you've got one-two punch, which is a pretty nice sweeping kick, trial by fire. You could play that on the cheap. Ward of protection you could get for for free if necessary and will to survive. What do we think about prophetic? This one feels pretty good. Having yeah. the spell trait alone probably makes yeah. this card pretty good. But it also has two willpower icons, so combining it with well prepare is really nice for guardians. So that's that's yeah. nice. And yeah, there's a like you were saying, there's a, enough spirit cards and enough fortune cards to just if you happen to have one of those in your off class and you're playing those, especially the fortune cards. Like you're gonna be playing lucky, you may be playing test of will anyway, so having a discount on those cards is pretty nice. So when looking at these cards, I try, I've try. i been trying to think of them um, in relation to the level four two-skill talents that we saw in the Innsmouth Conspiracy and the Investigator Starter Decks. Those, they give you two resources every round to boost a particular um, set of two stats. So these, they cost one for your XP. They might cost one more to play, but okay, so it's, you know, give or take, it's about the same. But not only do they let you spend those two resources to boost tests, but they can also use them to make things cheaper. So then I'm like, interesting. All right, so what kind of deck would want to play Prophetic over, say, Physical Training? And basically any deck that does a lot of spell um, spell or spirit events especially, but also, well, just any Mystic, really. Yeah, I think this one's pretty good, actually, because a lot of, as you said, a lot of spells can use the discount. I'm thinking like right of seeking level level four. Am I right, guys? That thing's mm -hmm. expensive. Yeah, you get that for cheaper, but then you can also boost all of your tests with that same right of seeking. Like that's pretty good, I, I think. Yeah, um, it's really solid because yeah. um, it's like a events? plus two plus a minus yeah. two in cost. Like, mm. yeah, I like that. So not only for like any any spell asset. But also for like spirit events, there's quite a few on there. So I'm thinking like a Nathaniel Cho like character where you want to load up on, or even like Lily Chen. Oh, Lily Chen. She could take this. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, because Lily has some, can have some expensive level zero assets, but also some, uh, a lot of spirit cards that can use the skill boost. Yeah, so like a Nathaniel Cho or Lily Chen, they can make use of this pretty well. I'd say, yeah. But now we're getting. I could just, I could just go down the line of all the investigators that can possibly take this. Yeah, um, I, I was going to mention <laughs> that uh, because of the the triple class nature of these cards, there are fifty plus investigators at this point. So there are a lot of different investigators that can take these cards and and various combinations. Yeah. So if we don't happen to mention your favorite investigator. We are not excluding them on purpose. It's just there are there are so many different combinations with these cards that odds are we will probably miss one. Uh, the investigators that came to mind for me that sort of interested me is if you were to play, like the fortune trait lends itself to survivor and rogue, but somebody like Safina, I think, could probably get a lot of use out of the, the fortune cards for hot streak at least, and then the mystic spells as well so she's uh, i think an interesting option dexter is sort of in the same boat spells obviously any mystic or off-class mystic who's playing spells can get use out of that you already mentioned nathaniel and uh, lily for the uh, for okay. using spirit calvin also has access to spirit cards so he might uh, might be able to to find some uh, some use out of this one 
Yeah, of the of the five that appear in this box, this one seems like one of the definitely one of the stronger ones, primarily based on that spell, the spell trait, yeah. and it's just mm-hmm. so ubiquitous. And there's a lot of really good fortune cards and spirit cards as well. So I think you could get uh, get quite a bit of value. Of course, the the biggest obstacle with these cards is just getting them down on the table early enough that you can play them and get those save those resources i think the two things that are going to differentiate these the most is how how good are they when you draw them late and prophetic is pretty good when you draw it late because it's still giving you a bonus to things that you probably already have in play or are going to play spell events spirit events fortune cards etc and then at the very worst, at the very worst, it has two willpower icons. So you're still getting a guts out of it. Even even if that's all it's doing, if you draw it late, that's still good. And then if you draw it early, this is amazing for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can afford all your... Um, helps you afford all those really expensive spells. Yeah, this one's exactly. really good. Yeah, because you can make... You can make you can fully leverage both the discount and the skill boost. And exactly. it's not hard to build a deck that wants to do both. Yeah, and then the other thing is just the traits and how how many cards are you going to make use out of that? And if you have a yeah. critical mass of those, then yeah, this gets even better. And spells, like you said, are just so ubiquitous within the Mystic class that I can't think of a Mystic deck that doesn't play at least 10. Yeah. Because you, you play two Arcane slots, you're probably playing Spectral Razor, Read the Signs, and or Draw into the Flame. And then that right there is 8. And then you may have some other asset or some other event and you know that's like a critical map so it's like one out of three cards in your deck is triggering prophetic yeah i could i I could consider putting this in just about any mystic yeah i think with this one you're probably going to end up basically going spell plus fortune or spell plus spirit to to maximize it maybe a, a bit of both you know maybe there's a deck that can include both but uh yeah i think you're probably going to choose spell and then uh, lean on one of the other things there there is one thing worth mentioning about all of these cards is that the skill bonus that you are getting is only useful on those cards so in this case spell and spirit so if when you're building your deck you may just want to consider am i going to get as much value out of these as uh, versus say picking up one of the level four talents that lets you in this say because we're going to talk about guardian a little bit here let's say physical training four. if you need that combat boost or that willpower boost you might want to go for that over this because this isn't going to boost your your stats it's just going to boost your uh your tests using those cards so if you feel like your willpower or combat could use a, a boost, you may want to go for those ones instead of these. But that's an issue with all of the all of these cards. They they only boost the skill tests on cards, not necessarily your stats. On top of that, um, this is the same box with the new composures. Yeah, yeah, that was what Which I was going to say. Yeah, there you go. Great minds, Nate. Great minds. So how would we rate this one? In Mystic, this is a solid plus one card. I think the only thing that holds it back is the three experience. Like, that's kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. And, in, and thankfully, in Mystic, you have a plethora of ways to get absurd amounts of experience, whether it's down the rabbit hole or arcane research or in the thick of it. This so you, has you have... costs more with down the rabbit hole. <laughs> it does. 
It does, but you save experience on all the spells that you would be upgrading into. So there's that. I think just the fact that it says spell on it, I think carries it into plus one territory for me. I'm debating whether to do plus one or elder sign for for the mist because um, the mystic composure isn't very good. This is leagues better than the the mystic composure yeah. by far. I think for the mystic, this is probably actually an elder sign um, because spells because some of those asset spells are very expensive, like mm -hmm. right of seeking level four. I have chaos costs five. Yeah, exactly. Like you, if you manage to have enough XP to put two copies of prophetic you're gonna oh yeah and you can run both copies and put them both on the board and boost more tests yeah or have the second one as backup yeah exactly okay that's pretty sweet okay i think for like the mystic i think this is probably an elder sign i think if you're playing a lot of events this is a this is also like really good oh man it's 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 too universal to be a blessed token yeah, right? I, I, it's, it's, yeah. In Mystic, it's way too universal. In, yeah. In the other two classes, it's definitely a blessed token. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bailing out. I'm saying, uh, oh gosh, now we need that three by five grid again, you know, <laughs> you know, for all the different situations. I think, in a general case, like the decks that are the decks that this is going to let you play expensive stuff. And not and not like feel taxed and not have to take a bunch of resource actions. Okay, I'm doing it. I'm giving it another sign. If your deck wants it, this is great. I think I'm gonna join Nate at, at plus one. The spell, I mean, obviously it's it's amazing for, for decks that are using spells. I don't know the spirit there are quite a few spirit events that have skill tests. I don't but they're not as many that you know, compared to the spells. So I think if you build your deck right, you're going to get a lot of value out of this. Fortune cards, you're not getting any skill test boosts out of this. So I think that just kind of between the spirit and the fortune, it kind of just drags it down a, a notch for me. But yeah, it's it's awfully close. Like if you're playing a mystic or off-class mystic that can take guardian and or survivor or even rogue cards, there are a lot of good for rogue fortune cards uh, that... Uh, you could use to to get a discount on that that this is going to do a lot of work for you and i think it uh, you won't be disappointed if you uh, if you pick this one up the next triple class card is sleuth this is guardian seeker and mystic three cost asset three experience points has two intellect skill icons talent trade it has the same resources and uh uses resources on sleuth may be spent to pay for charm tactic or tome cards and then as a free triggered ability during a skill test on a charm tactic or tome card you may spend one resource from sleuth to get plus one for this test as high as we were on uh prophetic i have issues with this one now the charm trait is primarily on survivor and mystic cards, not guardian and seeker cards. So again, here you have one of those cases where charm is on survivor, but the card isn't necessarily for survivors. There are no charms that require skill tests at this time, so you're not getting any bonus there. Most of the cards with the charm trait, with the exception of seemingly the, the talisman we looked at earlier, uh, require an accessory slot so barring relic hunter shenanigans most people 
have one accessory that they want to play, and that's it. So the odds that you're going to get a lot of value from that, that cost saving seems unlikely in this case. Now, there are quite a few notable accessories. Dream Diary, Grizzly Totem, Holy Rosary, Lucky Cigarette Case, the Mementos that we looked at, Rabbis Foot, St. Hubert's Key. So there's lots of expensive charms that I'd be quite happy to get a, a discount on, but I just don't know how often that is going to happen. I'm going to talk about tomes because they suffer sort of a similar problem to the charms because they are primarily seeker and mystic, so the, the classes are right. There are only two and or three that require skill tests, those being Abyssal Tome, Medical Texts, and possibly True Magic, although there seems to be some debate as to whether that works or not. And again, there are plentiful tomes in the game, uh, too many to mention, but again, you're probably not using this for skill tests, so you are, again, just getting the discount. Tactics, there are tactics that... Uh, do require skill tests. It's primarily Guardian, but there are important or commonly played tactics in Seeker, Rogue, and Survivor. I think Mystic here is the exception. I don't think they have any tactics uh, whatsoever, but I could be wrong. There might be one in there. Now, some tactics, as I mentioned, do get skill tests. I've got a plan, backstab, one-two punch, winging it, stuff like that. And again, notable cards that are tactics. I've got a plan, backstab, dynamite blast makes the list. You've got practice makes perfect, prepared for the worst, sneak attack, one-two punch, and winging it. So this one, I think you really need to be playing tactics because you're just not going to get a lot of value out of it. I was I was thinking, like, yeah. maybe someone like Roland, maybe Roland has enough tactic cards and maybe he wants to play a charm and or one tome, but... Like, apart from that, ugh. it's like you were saying, man, from like the issue is that you only have so many slots to play charms and tomes. So it's like even even if you manage to play all three of them, you're still paying three resources for this and obviously the three experience to save yourself six resources. Oh, yeah. So then it's basically an emergency cash okay. if you think about it that way. And ugh. <laughs> that's the case. You just need the tactic cards to be able to make use out of this. Yeah, yeah and I guess that the problem is there's just not enough. It doesn't, like, Guardians are primarily the, the class that has tactics. Now, Seeker, say, has I've Got a Plan, which is quite expensive and would definitely be, I'd be very happy to have Sleuth on the table to, to play it on the cheap. So maybe if you're playing I've Got a Plan and a Tome or something like that in, you know, pick your favorite seeker and and go crazy but is that you know okay i play my tome i save two resources i play say you play both copies of i've got a plan you save yourself another four resources is that going to be enough like i just don't feel like there there are enough tactics in any class other than guardian to really you know like you said it's going to be emergency cash at that point also in guardian um a lot of those the skill tests that you're taking are covered by combat training so you can just take combat training instead and you also are going to be boosting you're going to spend zero resources and you're going to be boosting all your combat tests not just the tactics ones mm -hmm. yeah i think there's like a very very specific deck that this could work in and i think that's daisy walker abyssal tome i think that's about it oh because you 
you have the tome to deal to spend the events less. on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that and um, you can you you can take I've got a plan in the same deck as the Epistle Tome. That's like I could see that working maybe. Yeah. But no, this is very narrow. Yeah. I admittedly don't like I've got a plan anymore. The issue with that card is just uh, it's it's a mostly a timing issue, and it costs three. And there's just yep. so many events that outclass it nowadays that seekers yep. don't really use that card anymore. The deck that this goes in just doesn't jump out at me. Mm. I mean, I kind of like the fact that you could get a bonus on winging it, but I'm not paying three experience points for that. In a survivor, you're probably getting... You're going to save money on your charm. I can't remember how much winging it costs, but you're going to get a skill boost on maybe playing winging it a couple of times, and then you're right back to, like, I just you just can't leverage this enough to... Certainly compared to something like Prophetic, where it's just like, I have all the spells out, and I'm just using them every turn, and I'm getting bonuses exactly. up the wazoo. Yeah. Prophetic is so good that, like, you're actually happy to see the second one. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it gives you even more discounts and even more boosts. Boosts, yeah. You know? Yeah, that you're going to be using all the time. Yeah, so, so how would we rate see. this one? It does have two intellect icons for well-prepared for Guardians. That's... <laughs> Something, yeah. I guess. I want to mention in this review, before we go any further, is that I'm sure there's going to be a comment somewhere down there that's going to say, but what about this energy cards? They're you great it, for you this took synergy. the words right out of my... They're my great for the synergy cards. And I'm going to say, no, they're not. Because it's, it's a, a ton of XP. Yeah, it's, it is a ton of XP to get middling effects. It's yeah. a ton of XP. Yeah. You still want to build your deck around using them you have to draw them so it requires that you draw these and play yeah. them before you play all your other synergy stuff so don't do it just just it's a trap i'm telling you it's a trap it's a trap it's a trap it's just uh, so much and, xp yeah and sleuth is like the epitome of a trap it, it one of those cards you're like oh i have tomes in my deck oh i have a couple tactics in my deck and then you're like you end up playing it and you use it like twice and you're like, well, why did I spend all this time yeah. and energy using this card? This was a waste of my time. Yeah, especially when the composures are in the same box. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and that's you like don't have an excuse. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, right? It's like, these cost three experience, so you have to, you like, you have to compare them to the composures. Yeah. And it's like, while the composures may not stick around, they also don't cost anything. And they're fast. And they're fast, so... Yeah. And they have yeah. even more icons than than these. Yep. So, yeah. I'm so... giving this thing a tentacle. I don't like it. Yeah, I think I will as well. There is a very narrow... I think it's a very narrow situation where you're doing the Abyssal Tome deck, where, like, I can maybe see this working. That's very specific. So, like... But it's, it's not enough to bring it up to blessed territory, because it doesn't, like, make the deck sing. Mm -hmm. You know? It just kind of supports the good stuff of that deck so like i'd say it's a tentacle as well yeah i think i have to go tentacle as well actually uh yeah i think so the 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 charm tactic tome combination is just it feels awkward there may be a deck in there somewhere but yeah it's it's going to be awkward to build it's going to be awkward to get the value out of this because, again, you want to draw this 
before basically you want to draw this in your opening hand to get the value out of the charm and the tome that you're going to play and then be able to leverage the tactics later on and unless that happens you're probably already played your charm and you've already played your tome like in daisy right it's just like okay i'm playing my old book of lore i want that right away i'm not going to wait until i draw my sleuth to play it so I think by the time in many games, this is going to hit the table way too late and you're just not going to be able to leverage it as much as, say, Prophetic, which just seems to be very easy by comparison. That brings us to the third multi-class card. This is Bruiser. It is a Guardian, Rogue, and Survivor card. Three-cost asset that costs three experience points. This one has two combat skill icons. Same text as the others, except this one you may use the resources on Bruiser to spend for armor, firearms, and melee cards. And then uh, you can use a free trigger ability to spend those resources to gain plus one skill value on tests. The armor trait is one that is not on many cards. Basically, Guardian or Neutral is uh, the only armors we have in the game, none of which require skill tests. And honestly, it was kind of hard to come up with notable armor cards uh, because armor of Ardennes and stuff like that, it's just so niche that I don't see that played very often. I mean, you've got Bulletproof Vest, but we weren't that positive about that one. So I think if you're playing armor, it's got to be one of the ones from this set, which was uh, Heavy Furs and uh, Protective Gear, both of which we, uh, we liked quite a bit. You've got basically a couple of options in the armor slot to choose from and you're going to save a couple resources there firearms of course are plentiful in guardian rogue and survivor all of which require skill tests and uh, not going to list them all here melee same sort of deal except uh, most of the melee cards are either guardian or survivor rogues have switchblade <laughs> i guess there might be a couple more in there but uh, yeah you're not buying this to make your switchblade better uh, most, uh, again, most of them require skill tests, and uh, there are many, many melee weapons uh, to uh, to use this. What do you guys think about Bruiser? At first glance, I liked this card. I was like, okay, this uh -huh. this kind of does a similar thing to Prophetic, right? You know, yeah. I'm going to be playing firearms, or I'm going to be playing melee cards. Okay, that's nice. Maybe I'll play an, an armor card. Sure, it's in my deck. Why not? And then I look at combat training. And then I go, uh, and the, the whole issue with it is that, yes, you are playing firearms. Yes, you are playing melee cards. Yes, you are maybe playing an armor card. But again, you're probably only playing one armor card. And it's like, okay, I get use once out of that portion of the ability. Yes, I will be playing a firearm. Yes, I will be making skill tests. But combat training boosts all of your combat skill tests, regardless of whether or not it's with your weapon. And then you're saving those three resources and that action. So now you can just spend those three resources to get plus three over however many tests you need it over with combat training. Yes, combat training is a bit more fragile, but you're guardian, so you have an absurd number of ways to keep it alive. And then in Rogue, it might be okay because you don't have access to combat training. You only have Moxie. And kind of the same deal with Survivor, but in Guardian, it's nah. Yeah, I do want to jump on the point of um, Rogues and Survivors, because I think, as I mentioned in one of our reviews above, that um, combat boosts are pretty hard to come by. 
and they're kind of expensive, doubly so for rogues and survivors. So I think um, I think Bruiser does have a home there. Yeah, if you're running um, like multiple weapons and you are going to be playing a bunch of weapons throughout the game, I think this actually works out pretty well. I'm thinking like off the top of my head, something like somebody like a Tony Morgan, even though Tony Morgan has like a ton of combat and he doesn't necessarily need Bruiser, that kind of idea where you're going to be playing a bunch of firearms or melee cards and it's nice to, it's nice to get the discount but you're actually going to end up using that, using those two resources to boost your test every turn. I think there's something to be said there. I do like that Bruiser reduces the cost of the very expensive uh, protective gear. Mm -hmm. I think if you're, if you're all, so I'm also imagining somebody where like you're a guardian or you're a rogue or a survivor, anybody like even like Daniela, even where you're going to be playing weapons, but now thanks. You know, so you, you, you get your weapons out, you get your one copy of Bruiser, maybe your second, and then that makes protective gear like less of a hard sell, you know, to be able to actually afford it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see some synergy here is what is what I'm getting at. Armor is not the reason you put it in the deck, but after you've put Bruiser in the deck, oh, all of a sudden Armor of Arden starts looking mighty affordable, you know, once you've yep. uh yeah, once you've got that set up. I feel like this one actually like the traits like actually kinda come together a bit more than like say sleuth. You know, like oh, I can actually see multiple yeah, I can see multiple traits in the same deck. I don't think this one's as like as much of a slam dunk as Prophetic is, but I I think this one's actually pretty good. You're not playing this for the armor. That's that's just sort of a bonus if you happen to be playing heavy furs or protective gear or something like that. I think you're right that the guardians have better options if they're looking for boosts. I mean, you've got the composures. If you need the willpower, you've got physical training. There's just better ways of getting that sort of thing. Rogues and survivors aren't as fortunate because their composures and or skill bonuses aren't or talents don't fill that niche quite as well. Like if you can get this early enough, you're going to get a discount on your firearms and melee weapons, and then you're going to get the skill boosts from them. Even if you draw this late, you can still probably get enough. If you're taking enough combat skill tests, you're probably going to get enough out of it to, to warrant playing it. How would we rate this one? Does this one, uh, I mean, I rated Prophetic plus one, maybe even as much as an Elder Sign. This one doesn't quite seem to get to that level. No, I don't think so. I think what, what sets this one apart from Prophetic is that there's so many events that have the spell trait. So it's like, yeah. once you have your assets down, those are spells, which is great. But you also have three or four other cards in your hand ready to go that also make use of it. Whereas Bruiser, is, that's not the case. You play your weapon, and then that's pretty much it. Especially with, like, melee weapons. You're you're going to play it once, and then it's going to stay on the board until some effect gets, gets it off the board. In Rogue specifically, they have Delilah. Yeah. So in a way, you can kind of save your resources by playing this and then have those resources to use Delilah's ability or Lola, if that's what you need to do, which is cool. I'm going to land on a zero for this. I think in Guardian and Survivor, or uh, excuse me, Rogue and Survivor, it's pretty decent, but Guardians just have so many better ways. And I think Guardians also don't need a kind of middling boost like this, especially if you're playing something like the Hammer and you're already smacking things at like 12 before yeah. any other stat boost. You know, it's like you get really diminishing returns at that point. I think I want to give this one actually a plus one because I like the the synergies that happen as a result of this. 
especially in like Rogue and Survivor. I think especially Survivor. And then something that just came to me. I think this I think this works really well in a Dark Horse deck because those two resources are not in your pool. Yes. So all of a sudden you can play your baseball bat while having zero resources. Mm-hmm. The other thing I also noticed about Dark Horse decks is when, especially especially with Fire Axe, you make an attack with the Fire Axe. You spend yourself down to zero resources because you want to boost your Fire Axe. You deal two damage. But now you need to make your second attack. And you have no resources to boost it because you, you can't. Right. Here's a question. Can you use the two resources on this card to pay for the, uh, the ability of Fire Axe? I don't believe so. Okay. Just wanted yeah, to throw that one I, out there. I don't I, think you yeah. can either. Okay, I didn't think so either, but I just it, I think it's a question that deserves to be asked since we're on the topic. I think I'm going to give this one a plus one because I see the synergies here. I also like the added bonus of being able to swallow the cost of um, protective gear in particular. So I think all that together, like in the context of, especially in the context of the what Edge of the Earth provides, I think this is worth a plus one. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was pretty close to giving Prophetic an Elder Sign you know, very strong plus one at least. I think I'm going to give this one a plus one as well. Not in Guardian, certainly. You know, this one might be a, you know, if I rated Prophetic plus one sort of Elder Sign, this would be sort of a zero plus one for me. But I'll I'll be optimistic and give it a plus one for the, for the Rogue and Survivor uh, stuff. I think they can get a lot more value out of it than the Guardians can. Perhaps we'll see a Guardian down the road that that may want this effect, but man, they've just got so many better options at this point that uh, that uh, limiting yourself to, to something like this uh, doesn't seem like a good uh, good use of 3 XP. And like you said, Nate, especially if you're buying the hammer, to buy this yeah. to get an extra <laughs> plus one on that, that's just not, not worth it. The next triple class card is Crafty. This is a Seeker, Rogue, and Survivor card. Three cost asset, two agility skill icons, has the same text as all the others. This one deals with insight, tool, and trick cards. So insight cards are primarily seeker cards. Uh, There are a couple, like I've Got a Plan, Seeking Answers, and Unearth the Ancients that uh, do use skill tests. Other notable cards in that are uh, insight traded are deciphered reality, logical reasoning, mind over matter, preposterous sketches, and working a hunch. A lot of those see play in a lot of uh, a lot of seeker decks. So if you are looking for discounts, hey, I would be quite happy to play working the hunch for free. That would be pretty good. And of course, insight is the key trait for uh, for Joe Diamond. Tool is also a trait that uh, Joe Diamond likes. It is primarily used on Seeker, Rogue, and Survivor cards. Many of them do require skill tests, and uh, notable cards include the Fingerprint Kit, Flashlight, Lockpicks, Old Key Ring, and Sledgehammer. So a lot of cards that see an awful lot of play. Trick is limited solely to Rogue and Survivor at this point. Quite a few do require skill tests, uh, such as Breaking and Entering, Cheap Shot, Slip Away, and Sweeping Kick. So... Uh, a lot of tool and trick cards require skill tests, and you can make uh, savings on them. So this one seems like it, uh, it, to me anyway, it seems like you can both benefit from the resource savings and the uh, skill test bonuses. The big difference is that you have events with the inside trait, whereas Bruiser solely dealt with assets. And it's like, that's that's going to be the big difference, is that 
does this have a combination of spells and assets that I can use effectively? And if it doesn't, then it loses stock quite a bit. And or fortunately for Crafty, that is not the case, because there are plenty of Insight cards in Seeker that you would want to play anyway. And then kind of the same thing with Tool and or Trick cards, depending on your Investigator or depending on your build. So, yeah, this is pretty good. But unsurprisingly, a Seeker would get... At least one of these had to be good for the Seekers, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, listening to the list of cards, I, I, I sense, like, decks there. Because um, especially the, the, like, the nice discount on the um, Insight Traits, on the Insight Traded cards. Because a lot of the, because some of those Insight Traits, the reason why you would not want to include a preposterous, say, preposterous sketches in your deck is the cost. You know, it's like you spend two resources and an action in order to draw three cards. And, but if you can get that for free, I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like anyone who's played Joe Diamond knows like the power of the hunch deck and the discount of the hunch deck. Mm -hmm. So now you got Crafty to kind of provide that for you. I can also see tools and insights, you know, being in the same deck. I can see tools and tricks being in the same deck. The fact that this, this can be used with flashlight. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Now I'm imagining mm -hmm. Daniela, like someone with like no business doing any investigating, being able to buy flashlights for less and being able to boost flashlight tests for, you know, being able to boost, boost flashlight tests. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. Like I can see a lot of cards that were on your list that benefit from the discount and benefit from the, uh, the skill test boosting. All, a lot of them can go in the same deck. Mm -hmm. And I think you have, then you have Crafty as kind of like your engine to make it all work. This is, this is pretty good. Yeah. yeah I, I like this I've one. played Crafty. This is the only one I've actually played and it is okay. really good. Yeah. You know, Joe Diamond is a pretty obvious candidate because he's already playing so many insight cards. This also allows you to play insight cards that you may not otherwise, because they cost like four. Connect the dots. Uh, I was just yeah, thinking Connect that. the dots, extensive research. Yeah. Um, you know, those cards that cost a lot. And it's yeah. like, you can put those in Joe's hunch deck and now all of a sudden you could play like six cost cards for two resources, which is cool. Yeah, this is nice. Um, I also heard uh, one of my favorite cards in the game, fingerprint kit, get uh, you know, yep. mentioned there. And I'm like, oh, you mean I can boost my fingerprint kit tests? Because those have like, there's some weight behind those, you know, like you want to pass those. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, I like this. This is good. I'm even thinking like, yeah, anybody with like some off-class seeker, you know, off-class seeker, thinking like Jenny Barnes even, you mm -hmm. know, can make use of this. Yeah, because I don't know how many tools she'll have, but enough, you know. Yeah, you She's could, also you could justify having enough, right? Like lockpicks yeah. is a tool, right? Oh, that's right. Oh, you, have, you can add, you can save on your lockpicks. And then tricks, there are things like pilfer and cheap shot, one of my favorite cards in the whole game. That's why and it was on can, my list. I know that you love that card, so I put it specifically, specifically on my Cheap list shot. for you. Oh, thank you so much. You know me so well. Yeah, Cheap Shot. If you haven't considered it, it's really good in multiplayer, <laughs> especially. You save your friends' butts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like this one. This is good. Yeah. Yeah, this one's quite good. It's mm -hmm. it's good on both ends. Like we were saying with Prophetic, it's yeah. good when you draw it early, and it's good when you draw it late. You know, I, uh, I do think it's much better when you draw it early, but that being said, it's still good when you draw it late. You basically turn your deck into quote-unquote Joe Diamond because <laughs> you're getting that minus two resource cost and all your inside events. Yeah. yeah, and there are other... I mean, you've got uh, the other Rogue Seekers. We have uh, Monterey Jack now. We've got Trish 
can do the same sort of thing in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, while we're mentioning trait synergy, of course, Rita loves tricks. So mm -hmm. paying less for oh, those. Oh, and she can take this because it's survivor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So paying less for tricks is good for her. So if you wanted to run a very low to the ground uh, Rita Young deck that maybe includes Dark Horse, you could uh, dump this in there and suddenly you're saving money on all your tricks, some of which can be quite expensive. I mean, Pilfer, while the effect is really good, is very expensive at four resources. So paying two for Pilfer, it starts to look uh, look mm. awfully good at that point. Yeah, I, I do like... Like, this one sort of flew under the radar for me because you really don't really think about insight, tool, and trick traits all that often unless you're building, you know, Joe Diamond and, and Reedy Young decks. You know, Firearm and stuff like that really jumps out at you a, a lot. And so I was pleasantly surprised as I sat down and, and worked through the list of cards. Like, this one, you can get a lot of value from this one. How would we rate it? I'm debating on plus one or Elder Sign. This is really good. This is one of those cards that if you have any access to Seeker cards, it like jumps up enormously. Yeah, in stock. it does. Yeah. Like, do you want to play working a hunch for free? I don't know. Is getting a clue is getting a clue for free good? Fingerprint kit. This is like flashlight. Mm -hmm. These are all cards you're gonna play anyway. And having a card that not only makes them cheaper, but then boosts them. Oh, ah, so good. I'm going with Elder Side. I'm doing it. This yeah, no okay. Good. I'm going to join you, Nate, with the asterisks that I think in our in my ranking, I think Prophetic is number one at this point, at this point in the ratings. I think Crafty is right under it, and I, but I think it's also better than, uh, than Bruiser. I would agree uh, simply because Mystics need yeah. the help more than Seekers do immensely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I also, yeah, and like I was saying with Crafty, I think there are certain events like Pilfer and um, uh, Preposterous Sketches where, like, the thing that's stopping you from using them is the cost. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you have this. And then it's like, oh, now, and then I've got my crafty out. And then, oh, look, I just drew in my upkeep. I just drew preposterous sketches. Instead of going, oh, man, I needed the resources. You go, ah, screw that. I've got the resources. Boom. And then you yep. draw three cards. Like, yeah, I, I like this thing. This is, I think this is Elder Sign territory. I'm even thinking about Jenny Barnes. Like, <laughs> how universal does a card have to be? <laughs> you know, like, in her, like, be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna play this, the seeker card in Jenny Barnes. Yeah, this card's good. <laughs> Elder sign. I was pretty close to giving prophetic an Elder sign. I think this one feels very much like prophetic to me. I'm gonna give it a plus one slash Elder sign since we're the rating system is is breaking down the further we go into this into this uh, <laughs> into this review. But yeah, I mean it, it's very very strong. If you're playing any of these, any combination of these traits and classes, Crafty probably has a place in your deck because you're probably going to get enough value out of it to justify it. It works well if you draw it early, works pretty well if you draw it late, as long as you got the, the sort of the right cards in your deck. Again, there's a ton of investigators out there who could, uh, who can use an effect like this. So... Yeah, it's 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 high up there for me. It's definitely I, I think it's definitely better than Bruiser is at least uh, in terms of the the Guardian side of Bruiser. But uh, yeah, really good uh, good card here. Let's also talk about the art. That kid is building a miniature version of the laser from Goldfinger. I mean, look at that. 
Oh yeah. Oh, that is yeah. a laser. I didn't. He's building that. a laser. <laughs> you could say he's a uh, quite a uh, crafty. <laughs> I'll see myself out now. That brings us to the final triple class card in the box, and the final card of this review. This is Antiquary. Seeker, Rogue, and Mystic card. Three cost asset, one wild skill icon, talent, same text as the others. This one works with favor, relic, and ritual cards. And again, you get the, uh, as a free triggered ability, you can spend the resources on Antiquary to get uh, plus one skill value. Now, Antiquary is a strange beast. Favor cards are largely rogue, uh, rogue and neutral at this point. Uh, notable cards include uh, Counter Espionage, Decoy, Intel Report, Small Favor. A lot of the cards that we've received in the last couple cycles for Rogues. Uh, these cards tend to be quite expensive in terms of resource cost because they do have a variable resource cost and you can uh, jack the resource cost of them to um, for a better effect or to do that effect at a distance. So certainly saving two resources on this. Uh, usually these cards tend to find a home in the big money decks, and so if you were able to buy them a little bit cheaper, that might uh, open them up to other decks. Relics appear in, in all classes. It seems like Relics, there doesn't seem to be a particular class that has a, a you know, a, a lot of them. A few of them, primarily the weapons, require skill tests. Uh, you've got relics like Ancient Stone in Seeker, the Cyclopean Hammer in uh, Guardian and Mystic, uh, Enchanted Blade, uh, stuff like that. You've got Aeon Chart if you want to pay less for it, Grotesque Statue, Ornate Bow, Sword Cane, and Time Worn Brand. Rituals are honestly kind of an oddball trait. I'd say primarily Mystic, but they're kind of a smattering of rituals in all of the classes. Few of them require a skill test. There may not be any. And it was kind of tough to come up with a notable list of relics because a lot of them don't see a lot of play. The ones that sort of jumped out to me were Double Double, uh, Haste, and Sign Magic as being ones that you might want to get a discount on. Antiquary reminds me a lot of uh, Sleuth in a way because you're primarily using this to buy things on the cheap because both Ritual and Favor you're largely getting cards for cheaper. And Relic, you kind of have to work for it to get the skill bonuses. What do you guys think of this one? All of that is true. And I will say that this card is pretty good in Safina because Safina is literally playing all of the cards that you just mentioned. Oh my god, you're She's right. playing Double Doubles. <laughs> she's playing Haste. She's playing all the favors. She's playing all the big money cards. So it's like... It's just kind of the perfect storm for her. Yeah, Dexter made my list as well because he yeah. has access to the, the same card, basically the same card pool as, as Safina does. Yeah, Dexter is another great example. They can also use um, Enchanted Blade effectively if they have an antiquary going. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, okay, I kind of like that. I yeah. think um, Sword Cane as well is a relic. Yes, Sword Cane is. And you know, it's also a relic, guys. Here we go. The Hungering Blade. I have never played that card. Not gonna lie to you. Well, now you can. <laughs> I know it's good. Yeah, I know it's good, and I know it's good. It's very specific in certain decks, but I've just never yeah. played it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one's tough to evaluate. You know, like you were saying, there's 
not really a lot of cards you're going to be using that uh, Lightning Bolt ability on. So this is really just a resource generator for you. That being said, this is way better than Sleuth because yep. not only are there way more cards in the classes that you're going to actually want to play with, but they're expensive. So yeah. getting that discount actually matters. Yeah, and favors are expensive. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's all I can say, actually, is... Hmm. I feel like this one feels like... Mm. Un unlike Sleuth, I feel like this one has a lot more potential Yeah. than Sleuth does. Yeah, we are overdue for um, some ritual support. Yeah, in terms of, of raiding, this one kind of feels like a bless to me, simply because besides Safina mm -hmm. and maybe and Dexter, there aren't a lot of investigators that immediately jump to mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, like, it does have Seeker Rogue, so there's Trish and, and uh, Monterey. Seeker Mystic, you've got um, Luke. And Daisy. And, and Daisy. But, I mean, neither of them are using favors. Like, to me, the favor here is the big, seems important. Yeah, I think the two traits you're going to be using it is favor and ritual. And those are, like, I think the best ones are primarily rogue with a splash of mystic oh yeah. i see mm -hmm. so i think i think you're really kind of pigeonholed into playing rogue or off-class rogue with this card because the seekers just have so many better tools if you want to play a relic for cheaper just play ellie horowitz or something mm -hmm. if you really want that type of effect and then you know so many relics don't have skill tests anyway so like that second portion is useless to you but there i there are enough ritual cards and favor cards and especially the fact that you play those cards in tandem together yeah you know yeah. where it's like something with sleuth it's like are you really playing tactics and tomes in the same deck <laughs> probably not yeah i think i'm gonna give this one a bless it seems like this one's this one's more that you'd build around this and put it in or maybe yeah it's no, I'm going to stick with Blast. I think it's. I think you're probably going to have to build around this one to to a certain extent, and and probably in Safina or Dexter, or maybe there is a Rogue Seeker combo that you could probably dig up enough cards between the two of them to to come up with something. But when I was looking at the card list, not many of the rituals outside the Rogue ones really wowed me. I think close the circle is like the one mystic ritual I would consider. And that that is really good with this card. So it's true. It's true. You know, like I I'm gonna give this a blessed token too, because Safina and Dexter make really good use of this card. Other investigators, not so much. Yeah, I think um the specific cases where this is good, this is pretty good. So yeah, I'll I'll give this one a blessed token as well. That's going to do it for our look at the uh, triple class cards in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. And that is going to do it for our look at all of the player cards in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. If you've stuck with us till the very bitter end, thank you very much for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. This has uh, taken, uh, uh, taken us a lot of time, both in terms of, of recording and editing, and so it's uh, finally nice to, to put a bow on this one. Any final thoughts on these cards or the uh, 
the expansion as a whole. The triple class cards are really interesting addition to the game. Yeah. They're they're kind of bland. Like they're not the most flashy cards. You know, they're not like uh in the thick of it or, you know, these like big impact cards, but they're they're interesting and they're cool. So I like them for that. And overall, I got to say I think this expansion is probably the the best campaign overall in terms of like cohesiveness of the player cards and the total package. I feel this one gives you ex new exciting decks to play around with while also feeling like a complete package. Or I think that was my my biggest criticism of Innsmith is that it felt sort of incomplete. Like okay. the bless the bless and the curse decks didn't feel developed enough. I'm ready to build some decks with crafty guys. You should. It's good. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, these are these are interesting. Um, they kind of are like the glue that can hold the deck together. They're hard to find. They're hard to dig out of your deck, but I think once you do, I think there's a lot of it can really power you through. Yeah, I'm kind of without words for the uh, entire entirety of Insmith, so I'll, uh, I'll 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 pass it along to uh, to Mr. Lang here. I uh, do like the triple class cards because they do one thing that I don't think we see enough uh, in this game is trait support. I really like cards that focus on traits because I think that's one of the region, one of the areas of the game where there's a lot of um, space to to create new cards, and and I really like that. So I'm glad to see the the triple class cards in the game. I haven't built the synergy deck. I don't know whether it works or not. This is one way to do it. Uh, but again, like Nate said, you've got to draw these cards, you've got to turn on synergy, then you've got to play the synergy cards. So not to, not sure that's something I'm going to uh, to dig into. As for the set as a whole, I have to say that certainly as a reviewer, it has been, I feel like, a lot easier to, while it has taken us a great deal of time to work our way through all 120 plus cards in this set, I feel like it's been a lot easier to review simply because we have the whole expansion before us. And unlike all of the reviews that I have done in the past where you're looking at pack one without having any clue what's coming in pack two through six, uh, everything is, is known information in this one. So it has made it a lot easier to look at cards and say, okay, especially something like Synergy, where if this had been the Innsmouth Conspiracy and they had introduced Synergy, we would have received a smattering of Synergy cards in the Deluxe expansion and then they would have been sprinkled throughout all of the Mythos packs and so it would have been very difficult to talk about uh, how it works with any sort of uh, uh, idea until you see the complete package. And that was one of the troubles that Nate and I ran into with Innsmouth was that you received a big dump of blessed cards in the deluxe box and then a smattering of them and it was really hard to say like is this all going to work out in the end who knows we you know maybe <laughs> hopefully the designers know what they're doing and this is all gonna uh, they're gonna tie it off with a neat bow at the end but uh, that hasn't been an issue with this one so while interviewing so many cards is uh, is a little bit tough from that perspective it is nice to have the whole set and i think on the whole the set itself is is pretty solid i don't think uh if you enjoy this game i don't think you're going to be disappointed uh 
picking up this expansion yeah. and and building decks like just talking about the cards with Matastrophic and Nate has inspired me to to want to go and and dig into a, a few decks that I hadn't uh, hadn't previously considered and as and as long as the game keeps doing that then uh, I'll keep throwing my money at it so this set is also great for new players that maybe just bought the revised core set and are looking for an easy way to really expand their card pool like obviously buying a complete cycle is going to give you a ton of cards but I feel like more so than other campaigns this one actually complements the core set really well with the investigators that are in the box whereas i remember reviewing the circle undone and there was a lot of like weird just weird choices in the deluxe box that didn't really feel like it made the investigators in the box like competent investigators if you just had that and the core set Mm -hmm. but this this is far and away a much better much better cohesive package of cards you know you've got You've got the big money cards for for Bob. You've got the cards for for Monterey Jack and all of his movement shenanigans. You've got all the beat em up cards for Lily. You've got the card the beat em up cards for Daniela, and then you've got all the weird Norman stuff. And it's like they're now like figuring out that they need to include the niche cards with the investigator. It's like imagine playing Calvin in TFA, and then you like six cycles later you finally get all the support he needs. Yeah. It's like they, they've learned to not do that. And it's really nice to see a complete package for the first yeah. time. As someone who tried to play Calvin through TFA, I wholeheartedly agree. That was not a, not a good experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like this box will ensure that you have a good time regardless of what your collection looks like. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, there are some, there are of course some exceptions of things like uh, Enchanted Bow that seem kind of really out of place. And, and I still think Mike McGlenn is coming next based on some of these uh, cards that we've reviewed because some of these cards don't feel like they really belong in this set. So it's not like 100% perfect, but it, it does, it's still pretty good. You buy this box and you got a lot of good stuff to play with and decks to build. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.